Blog Talk Radio. Gridiron Studs Show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. We start that well. It was quite a delay there on uh, our. That was. I was never worried. Late. I was worried about you. I thought maybe you, you didn't have things under control on that end of thing. Well, know, I did, but nevertheless, I have seized control, and we are here. It is a happy, happy Friday to all of you out there. Not only is it Friday, and that means the weekend is coming. This is the first official weekend of college football. I wish I had applause. I'd play it in the background. I know you're happy, Emil. I've been waiting. What do you mean? Shouldn't anybody tuning in right now be happy? Um, by and large, not just me. Am I the only? You know, <laughs> football is not your thing, which is a you know, possibility out there. Um, nevertheless, football kicked off last night. Jim Harbaugh had his debut with the Michigan Wolverines, number two TCU. Number two TCU uh, was in action last night, as was South Carolina and North Carolina. We'll be touching on those games and more coming up in the show today. Uh, We'll also talk a little bit of NFL as the final round of NFL preseason games have taken place. And, uh, yes, Teflon Tom, Teflon Tom beats the case once again. And I must repeat this phrase that I was hitting everyone with on my way out yesterday. Tom Brady's laughing at you, son. All right. Did we – I mean, was there any doubt – Amos, um, for God's sakes. I had a feeling when the judge encouraged them to settle that it was going to not be good for the NFL because when the judge is encouraging uh, them to settle, I think he was trying to say in, in a nice way to the NFL, apparently Goodell being a lawyer didn't pick up on this, uh, I, I'm trying not to embarrass you here. Yeah, well, nevertheless, the embarrassment comes down. We'll be discussing that today on the Gridiron Stud Show. If you want to reach us on the show for any reason, and we hope that you do. The number to call is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. You can reach us on Twitter, but we'd much rather have your phone call today. Uh, we want to hear love, your we, voice. We welcome all calls. We do. We do. No, as well, bizarre as some of them calls. may be. Sometimes we get yeah. we get the occasional hate from Mississippi like we've gotten. Uh, we have been pranked on this show, have we not, Emil? Remember that? Howard Stern. We welcome Howard. Well, a prank from Howard Stern is different than a prank from a guy driving. You your own breath. Like, yeah. you, come on, be honest. I love your phone voice and your whole thing. I mean, you're you're a professional, it seems like to me. Yeah. Are you trying to plug your own show? Go ahead. Get right. the plug in. And you go, hmm. Did you kiss each one or just one? Um, uh, 
Yeah, just a little sample of the Howard Stern prank, <laughs> Howard Stern call this show, folks. If you're new to the show, that actually did happen. Uh, the king of all media, the self-proclaimed king of all media, did call our show last And Robin year. wanted and to hear more. That was the impressive part. I mean, I'm not sure yeah, Howard wanted to hear more, but she wanted something. to hear more. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, he did crank the show. Um, if you want to crank us on the show today, the number is, and that's how I feel about that. So, yes. Um, you can reach us on Twitter, though, at Gridiron Studs. Uh, we've got a number of things to talk about here. You had something you wanted to rant about, okay? I mean, you're a ranter type of guy. Go ahead and hit your rant here. What, what's what's well, the wait, problem? You said, that, you said that kind of with, with a certain tone to your voice. I'm not a ranter type of guy, but, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there watching the game last night. I text you a little bit. You kind of know where I'm going with this. Can we just get Vanderbilt out of the SEC and Colorado out of the Pac-12? Enough already. Yeah. Well, listen, man, Please. every conference has to have their booger or boogers, and those are the boogers of the conference, man. You can't have them stacked from top to bottom. Well, it's one thing to be a booger in the conference, but when you say, I mean, you know, who did they to talk play like Western Kentucky is not good, though? Western Kentucky's well, good. The, yeah, they're, they're good by the standards of the Sun Belt, but they shouldn't be walking into the backyard of an SEC team and beating them on their home field. Sorry. Oh, come on, man. Look, Vanderbilt's a booger. We know this. And Western Kentucky's good. And the way they play, they can come in. If your you know, head's not right, they can uh, you know, do some things to you. Now, on the Colorado. They go out to know, Hawaii. Hawaii. They, they, go, they go out to Hawaii. You know, I'm reading stuff you know, on these blogs from these supposed experts all, all summer from ESPN. Teams that could surprise us. You know, and then, you know, the, the Pac-10 blogger, Colorado might surprise us. No, they're not going to win the Pac-12 South, but certainly a bowl game in 7-6 and six mm. or something like that is within reach. Really? Mm. It's within reach, huh? You went out to Hawaii, okay, USC's quarterback, the kid that they played in that bowl game against Georgia Tech in 2012, the one that was missing receivers by about 30 yards, okay? He's the quarterback mm. for Hawaii. Good. They went out there and they lose twenty-eight twenty at Hawaii. At least it was close. Yeah, yeah. How do you think their season's looking in that Pac-12 South? If, if, they can <laughs> recover from this. It's early. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah. how many teams have gone out to Hawaii with their minds not right and saw a couple of grass skirts and some uh, mulatto women and just couldn't get it together on game day? I don't know. Last, listen, all I can tell you is every time that the team I follow went out to Hawaii, it was it was a disaster for Hawaii. So I don't know this this whole notion that, that this can happen to anybody. I'm so we're going to compare Colorado to USC now? Is that what we're I'm doing? just saying, come on. Okay, name me another top program that goes out there and loses. Or a, well, a mediocre Colorado's program. not a top program. Okay, Colorado but give me a mediocre program off the top of your head that goes out there and loses from a Power 5 conference. Well, let's give that a little bit of thought. Yeah, go, from a power go, go five get on your, a, as the old people say, go get on that Google I am, Listen, I could see it right now. I could see some of them Big 12 teams going out there and getting in the shootout and losing on, on, a, on a last plaque. You mean like Texas right. Tech or somebody like that? Purdue could go out there and lose, okay? That could happen. Yeah. Purdue you could know probably it, lose a game. It. Purdue could probably lose a game in your conference down there in high school. So I mean, I don't know if that means anything. Oh man, just a <laughs> shot being fired here. Purdue. Purdue comes down here and gets players, though. Okay, so I'm not going to hop on. Oh, okay, Purdue. I'm too Listen, bad. I'm too just, bad. 
you have to admit there is something to this. The, these two programs, we, we we threw them out when we were doing our our uh, sixty four. Remember, we were coming up with the sixty four. We tossed we those did two do out. Yeah, I remember. Well, matter of fact, you were a little surprised when I tossed Colorado out. You had said to me, yeah, because you know, know they won national a, championships. Uh, I know you're such a Pac-12 slurper. I thought you'd just not, you know, even touch that at all. No, no. You said to me they won national championships. They've had a Heisman Trophy. Uh, blah blah blah. I said, yeah. What was that? Two generations ago or something like that? I mean, seriously. Um, <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, just they're not in their glory years. Are, but are you more upset about that? Than you are about TCU having to go through all the depths of hell to get by Minnesota last night, or Arizona in a dogfight with Texas San Antonio, well, I'll say or this. maybe Oklahoma um, State and Central Michigan being a barn burner. Are you more upset by by Colorado? No, I'm not a huge believer. I'll cover each of those. We mentioned that the we saw the TCU game as being a potential difficult test uh, going to a Big Ten team on the road. Minnesota certainly not going to be confused with Michigan State or Ohio State right now, but a pretty good club. I mean, you know, they'll play you tough, and especially at home in an opener. So that doesn't totally surprise me. I do think that TCU spent a large chunk of the summer uh, sniffing themselves, and, and I told you on a show, and I think you would agree with this, that the expectations are going to be what TCU has to manage this year. They're not used to being uh, the hunted, as they say, okay? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. used to being the hunters, you know. We, you know, uh, you know, we're getting disrespected. Now they're ranked number two in the country, so they can't play that card with their players. I mean, they've been respected. True, true. And that, that, uh, that's be, a different look, position. Before I forget, hats off to Florida International University, who's uh, one of the local universities down yes. here, uh, traveling to the middle of the state and ending up with a victory. Against Central Florida, they were 11-point underdogs in this game, and they were at one point losing 14-3 to in this contest and managed to come back and pull uh, one of the notable upsets, I guess you could say. Uh, perhaps a yeah, it was a, that was a nice win for them. That was, that was a nice win. I mean, very surprising. They were down. They came back in the second half. Um, Got to have Central Florida questioning themselves a little bit. This morning, what's going on there? I mean, because they've been a, a really good program the last couple of years and produced some, you know, high NFL picks, Bortles. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's it was a shocker a little bit. I mean, only an 11-point spread, but still, I'm surprised that they got the outright. They did indeed uh, come up with the outright. So, way to kick off uh, their season. So you know we'll have to uh, we'll have to see where Florida International goes from there, and we'll have to see where Central Florida goes from there. Certainly not what they were expecting to start off this season. We'll have a, a whole segment coming up right here where we talk about you know uh, you, all in the of first part you football. mentioned uh, TCU and, and Minnesota, and between TCU and Baylor, what concerns me for their whole season is their schedules outside uh, the Big Twelve, especially Baylor. If they mm-hmm. want, if they miss the playoff. They have nobody to blame but themselves. I mean, they put nobodies on there. I mean, I'll give TCU a little credit. That game actually is a lot better than what Baylor has scheduled outside the conference. But, I mean, I'm watching the end of that game last night as they're walking off the field, and the announcers are trying to talk about what a great win it was for TCU going on the road. And I'm like, come on, guys. It's, I mean, it's Minnesota. <laughs> stop it already. Yeah, yeah stop, it exactly. Stop uh, it already. Brian Greasy is one of the announcers. I think those two teams, Baylor and TCU, uh, really going to – 
the strategy is we're going to go undefeated. And if we need to cry at the end about being undefeated and being out of this thing, then, then that's what they'll do. They just don't want any losses. Um, I can feel them on that, Emil, for this reason. You don't have a conference championship game at the end of the year. So I think they're in a better position trying to go undefeated and trying to use that angle than possibly losing a game and then not being able to get that real big-time quality win at the end in a championship game. Yeah, back I understand so, the strategy, but I just I just find it funny with when you get the, the ESPN guys trying to tell you that, you know, what a win. Listen, they won the game, that's all that matters, and early in the year it's a hell of a lot better than a loss. But don't sit here and try to pretend that going to Minnesota and winning is like walking into uh, Michigan State and winning, okay? I mean, it's just not. <laughs> I think ESPN is trying to, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm using for here? Try to Trying to stay off of everyone saying that they are SEC homers and trying to build up a, a Big 12 team there. There might be more of that coming up this year. It's something certainly for us to keep our eye on. And you mentioned Arizona. And by the way, there's a team that I'm not a big believer in before the year starts because they, they don't seem very interested in defense at all mm-hmm. at Arizona. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. struggled last year in that game on the road at uh, Texas San Antonio. And I gave them a pass a little bit saying, well, road game early in the year. you don't. But, I mean, home, you're playing Texas San Antonio. People, you're the defending Aren't they the defending Pac-12 South champ, or am I, am I missing the year? I think they are, right? They, they lost the championship game last year to Oregon. Yes, they did. Yes, they yeah, did. Yeah, they're defending Pac-12 South champ. You know, they have the quarterback back. They're supposed to be this high-powered, you know, offense, which they did score 42 points except for one thing. Mm-hmm. They allowed mm-hmm. 32 <laughs> Yeah, going to be an issue. Uh, Texas San Antonio, not 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 well known, but not a bad team too. By the no, way, no, so, no, 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 uh, they're not. I mean, you know, I kid around a, I I kid around a lot um, with you and stuff. But no, I mean, some of these schools you're playing, you can't sleep on them or they'll embarrass you. But at the same time, you should be able, if you're talented enough, um, you should be able to overcome it. Is all I'm saying. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was kidding I, about Western Kentucky. Yes, they're they're a nice team, but they like to score in the 60s in a lot of their games. So they're one of those teams that if you're a, a big-time team, you should be able to just power them. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, Run the you, ball would, down you, their throat. you would hope so. Jumping off of the whole football thing real quick before we head into our first break, because we are going to talk college oh, football Oh, excuse me for talking about segment. football on a football show. I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. Look, something strange happened last night in baseball. It's Bryce Harper from the uh, Washington Nationals. Um, look, one of your one of if not your your best hitter in the game right now. Certainly a very accomplished player, nursing a little bit of injury tightness in the glute. Okay, the left glute. <laughs> to be the glute exact. was bothering. Amo, yeah, yeah. There you go. Tightness in the glute. So the glute. Um, still in the lineup though. So what was his strategy last night? I'm not going to swing at any pitches. And you would think if you're not going to swing at any pitches, you're not going to have a great night. That was not the case for Bryce Harper. He goes. Uh, zero for zero, which means he walked four times, saw 20 pitches last night, uh, four walks, scored four runs, Emil. I mean, how's that for a night of not, you know, doing anything and uh, pretty I guess much catching it, tell, it tells you all you need to know about the 2015 Atlanta Braves and their pitching staff. Yeah, a complete disaster. And Harper does this, scores four times in a 15-1 to one victory for the Washington Nationals. Yes, uh, truly a black eye in the black eye type season for the Atlanta Braves, but uh, really, yeah, I mean, he's a, listen, that kid's a player. I mean, definitely. I mean, he's he's going to be there for a while. I mean, he's got all the he's tools. He's that mighty, and they're that afraid of him that uh, with him going up there and not swinging a bat, he earns himself term used loosely four walks 
in the game against the Braves and scored. And you know how old that kid is? It seems like he's been around for a while. He's 23. Yes. Yeah, isn't that something? Isn't that something? So, um, yeah, obviously a bright uh, career he's got going ahead of him and and behind him. So just wanted to throw that out there. We don't talk much baseball here, but quite quite a feat. We're going to take a quick phone call. It's a little early for this guy here, but I'm sure he's calling us because he needs to get this in. Les, we're heading to break, man, but uh, what's what's going on with you? Uh, hey, Friday, football, Saturday, football. It's, it's, uh, it's going down. It started last night, um, and it continues. You know, it's, it's exciting again. Did you watch any games last night? Of course. I've I seen, I seen the start of the Michigan debacle, uh, the quarterback tryout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have problem. They have problems at the quarterback position. I think Jim's in for a long year there. Uh, you know, we always say on the show, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And right now, they don't look like they have a quarterback. Hey, expect them to start slow. But less, man, you have that echo like I'm taking a dump, and you're saying like you know, you know, stuff's about to go down. Are you trying to tell us something here on the show? What's going on, man? Strike no, a match. Man. <laughs> I mean, he does sound like I mean, he's is it going the, down for real? Like, like literally, is it going down? I, I, I am, I am in the bathroom, but I'm not taking. Oh, you, know you know, Chad, that's very astute that you picked that up. Have a key sense of hearing, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, now, if the I'm... fan pops on, then if the fan pops on in a couple of seconds here, then you know he's lying to we us. We better not hear the. <laughs> All right, Les, man, I know you're a guy that likes to make predictions, okay? So we've got some games coming up tonight and on Saturday. Do you got something out that you want to throw out there to us and our listening audience? Uh, today I'm going I'm to challenge the uh, the norm. I like Northwestern at home against Stanford. Uh, Northwestern oh. always plays a tough game. It's a, Look at you. It's not a nice place to go in and play in, in uh, Illinois on a Friday night. <laughs> so it's going to be something mm-hmm. new for Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like BYU against uh, Nebraska. I mean, new coach, mm-hmm. you know, new home game, a lot of new players. Mm-hmm. They lost They lost a lot of tremendous players last year from Nebraska. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Um and uh, the third game I'm going to go with, I see Tennessee giving uh, Bowling Green uh, a can of whoop-ass today. <laughs> <laughs> just ha- just going, just handing it to them as they come in the stadium, huh? Here you go, guys. Hey, uh, hey, they're going to come in and wear their white and orange, and they're going to see some real different color orange coming at them. It's going to be amazing. Don't I, sleep I like on it. Bowling Green. Oh, like, listen to I this like guy. Bruce. I like Bruce, though. I like Bruce as a coach. I think it's his year this year to do well in the SEC. So um, this is a this is a you know this is a kickstart to a new year for Tennessee. So let's see what happens. Yeah, people are saying a lot of good things about Tennessee, and if they're going to live up to some of the hype, I think you got to beat up on a team like this that you're supposed to beat up on when you're coming out the gate. I'm sure you guys can agree on that. So. Plus, my grandfather from Italy, he used to, when I was a little kid, he used to eat this sherbet stuff, which I think is disgusting. But anyway, he always used to eat this orange flavor that looked like a Tennessee uniform. So that's whenever I see them play, I think of my grandpa eating this stuff. This cream pickle orange. Orange sherbet is my favorite, bro. You like orange sherbet, huh? I didn't like that stuff. 
<laughs> what are we talking about here? We've strolled into Sherbet. Hey, listen, man. Whatever we, we got to go to a break. We places. Yeah, we got to go to a break. When we get back, we're talking college football. Les, man, as always, thank you for joining us, man, and put some muscles and some speed on those kids out there, will you? Hey, man, I'm definitely doing that, baby. Yeah, we know it. We know it. Les, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you coming on the Gridiron Stud Show. Bye, Les. Yes, sir. All right. All right, we're going to jump into a break. When we get back, it's uh, full speed college football. Talk about last night, talk about tonight, talk about the weekend. We'll do that more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Friday of the college football season, officially the football season here. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino here to make some sense of what's happened, what will happen, and uh, what you need to know here. All right, we can go full speed here on the college football. I want to start off with the first game of the night last night. It was South Carolina versus North Carolina. Uh, a couple of Carolinas meeting there. First thing I noticed, though, uh, didn't fill the stadium for this game. What do you, what do you, Amy, what do you what's going on here? Why can't you fill the stadium for North versus South Carolina in Charlotte? What's the deal? Very odd, uh, you would think. I mean, and, and and they're both, you know, respected programs. I mean, North Carolina is a constant underachiever in football, but they produce quite a bit of NFL talent out of there. I mean, tells you if they get the coach right someday, they might do something. And South Carolina, I mean, last year they struggled, but prior to that they had had uh, three straight 10-win seasons plus. Uh, so yeah, you got me. <laughs> yeah, I was a little su- I was a little surprised by that. To be uh, quite honest with you, I guess maybe Charlotte wasn't the greatest venue for this game. I I don't know. But the other thing too is, uh, Emil, you know, uh, the middle linebacker for South Carolina, who was the player of the game, Sky Moore, is a guy who played for me in high school, um, and and really really happy to see him. 
um, his his career continuing to progress. He came in on a ball of fire, and a lot of times a guy comes in as a freshman, has a great freshman year, and that's the best year he ever has. But his game has continued to improve. Last night, two interceptions, including a key interception on a fourth down late in the game to clinch it for South Carolina. Extremely happy for him. And uh, good for the old ball coach uh, to open up the season with a win. I don't know what would have happened. And uh, we would have gotten all kind of great sound bites if South Carolina would have lost to North Carolina to open up the season. Yeah, they would have had some issues. Two things strike me moving forward for both these teams um, from an opener. is is, The same problem I see for both of them, and they better fix it quick, is the rush defense. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the points weren't there last night. I mean, there were some turnovers and sloppy play, but – uh, Carolina ran the ball for over 200 yards, over six yards a carry. North Carolina, mm-hmm. that is, and South Carolina, South Carolina ran it for over 250 yards, over five yards a carry. Uh, you better clean that up if you want to do anything. Yeah, um, they, they're, they're, that was something that stood out for sure. You, I didn't expect to see South Carolina giving up 200 yards um, rushing. Uh, I thought they might have a problem with the North Carolina passing attack, but you know what else I noticed too? Shoddy quarterback play on both sides. Uh, South Carolina has a problem at the quarterback spot, um, and and it seems North Carolina does too. I mean, those, those well, there are different problems. To, to though Sky Williams was right to the chest. Williams was a turnover machine. Okay, he was eighteen and thirty-one. He threw for over two hundred yards, but he threw three picks. And on the other side, the kids, the kids that played quarterback, especially you know the kid, the kid took the majority of snaps. Connor Mitch, mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. nine of twenty-two. I mean he couldn't hit the yeah, Atlantic inefficient. Ocean. Yeah. yeah, inefficient, to say the least, uh, was the deal there for him. So uh, we'll have to see what goes on with both of these teams going forward. A lot of people were high on North Carolina in the ACC this year. Uh, I, for one, was not. Uh, I don't remember what I picked them. Um, yeah, you were not right high now, on them at all. I remember your comments. No, I think North I had Carolina. them in the bottom of their side of the ACC, if if I'm if I'm not mistaken. You know, so I'm not – I'm not a big uh, North Carolina fan. I just think two things happen. You're either going to not fix that defense and you're going to give up a bunch of points the next year, and that's going to be a problem, or you're going to fix that defense by getting uh, a whole lot more conservative offensively, and then you you know you may have lost your identity. Yeah, I picked these guys to go 3-9 and nine this year. So that, yeah, well, they that, got three things. Their, their next three games should be wins. So, yeah, I mean, you must be figuring them to lose every conference game because they're playing North Carolina A&T or AT&T, the mm-hmm. cell phone company. I don't know who they A- are. They're playing, <laughs> yeah, they're playing them at home. Then they're playing mm-hmm. Illinois, who I'm not sure has a coach right now. I'm not sure the deal there. I, I, I admittedly, hey, I hey, look, don't sleep on the fighting Illini. But yes, go ahead. And then they're playing Delaware, which may beat them because Delaware's pretty good. <laughs> hey man, you're playing around. Delaware's you know, no, I'm being serious. Gonna... Delaware's good. Yeah, no. it's just not going to be one of them games you walk away with. No, That'd no. Then they go. Then they go for a big ass whooping at Georgia Tech, as Les would say. They're going to get their, their head in. It's a perfect segue here. Listen, uh, I'm high on Georgia Tech. I think they're going to win the uh, the uh, Coastal Division uh, in the ACC. And, listen, I understand it's Alcorn State, but, my God, man, I want to say it was 34 nothing at the first quarter. They're going to be hell on wheels this year. I'm telling you that right now. They're going to be a big problem, and, uh, and a big reason is going to be the quarterback who's coming back this year who's super dynamic. And when you have had that, remember, we grew up, we grew up in that wishbone era, uh, the Jamel Holloways, the Steve Taylors, those guys for Nebraska and Oklahoma. And when you had a beast at that quarterback spot and you were running the wishbone and you were running that triple option, it's a serious problem. Big time. Yeah, yeah big so time. 
No, I mean they. 69 to six ended up being the final against Alcorn State. By the way, Georgia Tech was a 40-point favorite in that game. They pretty much smashed that. So. Uh, that was the deal. Do you want to go into any kind of depth about what you saw last night with the debut of uh, Jim Harbaugh? It was not a game you, either one of us expected them to win. Matter of fact, uh, I had I have Michigan as a sub-500 team this year. I think it's going to be a rough start. If you're a Michigan fan, that's kind of what you want. You don't want Harbaugh to come in here and go 11-0 and uh, or 10-1 well, you know, or anything you, like you that. You say that's what you want, but a fan, you know, you're sitting there to watch your team once a week. Uh what usually happens is, you know, you want them to win. I mean, I know you're you're looking at it from a perspective of, hey, strategically long-term, and I, I, I hear mm-hmm. you, but mm-hmm. I think for a fan it's hard to say I'm going to sit here and get excited about football season, and I know it's really good if my team loses. Well, listen, the losses, they're going to happen. You just want to see your team fighting in here. So if Utah would have went out there and beat these guys 31-10, 34-3, you should be down in the dumps. Well, Michigan fought, and this game was closer than what I thought it was going to be, to be quite honest with you, because I'm going to say it again. Michigan went on the road against a tough Utah team with a brand-new coach and a brand-new quarterback. That's a, that's that, though, that trifecta there, starting on the road, brand-new coach, brand-new quarterback, is a disaster for most teams. No, I agree. So, the, play, listen, the play at the line of scrimmage was essentially even. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you're just not going to overcome your quarterback throwing three interceptions, especially on the road, especially when you're not that talented yet. So, no, you're just, you know, you can't overcome that. It's too much. Yeah, um, I I don't know if I want to use the word disappointed. It's new for him. Uh, Jake Rudock is a kid I know personally. He's here from the South Florida area, played at um, highly popular and well-known St. Thomas Aquinas, won a championship at St. Thomas Aquinas, went to Iowa, transferred from Iowa over to Michigan. So things are a little bit new there. He had... He uh he had he had his moments in that game where um you know you like the arm talent but then there's some other times where he just uh, made some poor decisions there and it and in the end it ended up costing Michigan this football game. I'm sure that's something Harbaugh and the crew will smooth out as the year goes along. What do you say on that? No, I agree. I mean, he, he actually Harbaugh seems to I don't know if he's if he just realizes where he's at or what it is, but when he threw the pick uh, six that basically sealed the game to make it twenty four ten. Uh, you know, I expected to see old Jim Harbaugh, you know, the the hat flies off, and he put his arm around him. I think he kind of just gets where he's at, you know, with the Have program. you really seen him like that, though, in dealing with quarterbacks? I, I don't That's know that true. Really you know, I'm thinking of him, you know, like maybe, maybe he really, but he has he really had to. I mean, he was, when he went to Stanford the first couple of years, they, they stunk, and then he got Andrew Luck. So, I mean, you know, Andrew mm-hmm. Luck pretty much came in a pretty polished freshman quarterback. Yeah, I never really have seen him animated and uh, you know demonstrative when it comes to he's no Brian Kelly in that regard. Yeah, uh, I Brian guess you're Kelly's right. Red face, you know, even with meet, the Forty Nine. But the remember, he picked Ka- Kaepernick, so I, I think in a way he, he sort of babied him a little bit because he, it was his guy. Well, hell, he picked Rudock too for crying out loud. Yeah, right? yeah, no, I mean, like so. you said, maybe it's, maybe I'm just misreading his personality, and he's really not like that with his quarterbacks. Yeah, he goes berserk on. I guess people, you wouldn't expect them to go berserk on. You know, it'll take five years to figure out Harbaugh if you do anyway. Oklahoma State, uh, we talked a little bit about Big 12 football. This is one of two guys, one of, one of two of the bigger-time, bigger-name programs in the Big 12 that were in action last night that didn't pile up the points like Big 12 teams are supposed to pile up points. And look, 24-13 final, Oklahoma State and Central Michigan. But this thing was close, Emil. You know, it was, oh, yeah. a, it was a dogfight down to the it end. Was a, it was. Are I mean, teams listen, figuring I don't know out how to slow down Big 12 teams? 
No, you know what? I think you and I, we have to do this, but I think we both know that you can't read too much into opening week games in college football. I think you got to start, and you know this, you know, week two and three you'll see changes. Now, if these teams come out and play like that the second and third week, then you start to get concerned. I think the opening week in college football, you're, you know, it's the first time you're, you're playing someone else. It's not even like the NFL where you get – you know, exhibition games that we hate, but you do get to play someone else. You've been hitting yourself all summer, and now you go out and you play somebody, and live competition is different. So I'll be more interested to see how all these teams come back in the second and third weeks and what they look like, even though they're playing lesser competition. I mean, Oklahoma State has Central Arkansas scheduled next week. I believe they're what I like to call a 1AA team. What is that, FCS? I, I well, you pointed out the Big 12. You, you pointed out TCU and Baylor uh, as having these soft schedules, and they, you know, I guess you were doing so because they're the two major. They were the two major runners for this conference last year. But this whole scheduling thing seems to be a, you know, Big 12 problem across the board. Well, it hurts you because out since they've got you know, a big I think one you're looking week, at it. You're looking at it the wrong way, though. You're talking about the championship game, and I get you what you're saying. You know, go undefeated, and then. You get to bitch, but here, here's the thing that they're obviously looking at scheduling when they're doing these playoffs. You know, they've kind of demonstrated that even in year one. Um, it's not going to help you. I just don't see it helping them because they don't have the championship game. So they have, you know, go out and win and out a conference game that you can hang your hat on um, and say, listen, we went out, we played these guys. You know, yeah, we don't have a championship game, but you know, you look at Baylor, they have SMU. And, you know, SMU is a travesty. They're terrible. They're playing them tonight. They're a 36.5-point favorite. Um, I won't give it out as a pick because it's such a big number, but I would expect Baylor to win that game somewhere in the 40s because they love to run it up like that. Then they have Lamar. Yeah, they're going to score 70. That's Lamar, what they is, he a, is he a forward on, on a basketball team at North Carolina? <laughs> I mean, Lamar? <laughs> you're playing oh, Lamar. Oh, man. It seems like yeah. you're playing a guy. Hey, Lamar, <laughs> I'll play you. As a player, man, as a player, as someone who's played college football, that really sucks, man. Back-to-back games like that, it's BS. You know, yeah, how do you, you get up for the, that? I mean, if you're, you're at Miami, put su- yourself uh, in those Amo, shoes. I'm telling you, it sucks. And, man, if the game is not at noon, you are pissed off that whole Saturday sitting in that hotel room waiting. If you're a starter to go play your quarter and a half, it's like, oh. You know, you want to play something. You want to play something real. My my senior year, we opened up against Georgia Southern, which is not the Georgia Southern of now. Tough team, but you know, we you know we ended up winning the game fifty six nothing. But that wasn't that wasn't fun, man. To open up, uh, you know, against a team like that. I can imagine back to back games of that to open up your season. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no way Baylor's getting cranked up for SMU. They know what SMU's you know descended to. They're not the SMU of the eighties and seventies. This is. You know, just not a good program. Lamar is uh, what they're an FCS team, I assume. I, mm-hmm. I, I, if, they, if they got into a Division One conference, I'm unaware of it at this point. And then uh, mm-hmm. the game after Lamar, let's see, they have Rice. I mean, in Rice, yeah, I understand. You know, they're not they're not horrible, but that's not a game that if you're Baylor, you, you need that one of those three games to be somebody from a Power Five conference, so you can say, hey, we went out and we played so-and-so from even the ACC. I mean, I don't know, schedule mm-hmm. pit. You know, pick somebody. Yeah, I mean, they they got to do better. I mean, listen, um, I know I'm on to something with you not having a, a title game at the end, so you really need to play the undefeated card, but, ooh, I don't know if you could do that one, so... Yeah, that's I mean, that. you we, go through these schedules. I mean, TCU is going to probably have one of the more impressive... Um, 
out-of-conference games in this conference. I think Oklahoma may still have Tennessee. I'll have to look. Which would be the if they do, that would be great because that's that yeah. Would but be you're conference. talking about the the exceptions and not the you know not the norms in this conference. So hey, listen for y'all listening out there too that you know you're into this type of thing. We will have our picks uh, in the final segment of the show, so please hang in there, stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna go to a break here soon, but before we do that, let's uh, take a call. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, how you doing, man? This is Robert from Michigan. How you doing, hey, Robert? Hey, how are you, Robert? You want to talk Wolverine football? Talk to, this guy's a Notre oh, Dame yeah, guy, football. though, if I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Notre Dame guy, but, you know, I'm a football guy, so I follow all type of football. I'm north, south, east, west, man. So, you know, Notre Dame guy from, from, from Michigan. I mean, do you are you, like, do you have a concealed gun permit? Are you skilled in jujitsu? How, how does that work out for you? No, I go on the offensive, man. I'm used to it, though. I've been that way since a kid, so, you know. My people accepted it. I guess I was crazy when I was little, and they just moved on and accepted well, wait, well, this, 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 nut job, this, this nut job that I host this show with likes all California teams living in Pennsylvania, and he's the type of guy that will go sit at a Philadelphia Eagles game with Dallas Cowboys stuff on. So he's he's a little loose in the brain, too. Yeah. That's, but you're that's safe. Me, Listen, time out here. Robert likes Notre Dame. They have fans everywhere. I'm sure there's. He, he could probably find a bar on a Saturday. Man, they don't have any fans down here. I'll tell you that right now. Go stroll through Miami that, Gardens with some Notre Dame stuff on. That type of fan is my type of fan. I like being the only fan in the area and stuff. Because I can take it. If my team loses, I can take it. If they win, I can dish it out, too. So, you know, I don't mind being the only fan. And I'm used to it, you know. And, All right, I've grilled you enough, there, Rob. What's, what's, what's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to call and talk about I didn't get a chance to see the games last night as far as Michigan and the other teams because I was at the Central Michigan game. My cousin, he plays for Central Michigan. They lost. Well, talk but, to um, us about that, man. You were there live and in color. What's up? You know, Central, they, I mean, I'm not a big silver lining moral victory guy, but they, mm-hmm. they look they looked decent this year. They hung in the game until the last closing minutes, and, you know, it was mm. – put it this way, they were expected to get blown out, and they they mm. fought Oklahoma State tooth and nail. So, you know, Oklahoma I'm State, more they, they look they, like their line is like – How did they keep these guys at 24 points? I'm more interested in that. You know, if it was going to be an 11-point game, I thought maybe 40 to 29 or, you know, something like that. How did they keep these guys from getting in the end zone a whole bunch? Honestly, when I, from my viewpoint, uh, Oklahoma State looks like their offensive line is kind of down this year. There was lots of mm-hmm. – like, and maybe it might be first-game jitters, and, you know, people say you improved the most from game one to game two, but their offensive line looks like it's going to have some problems this year because, you know, the difference between bigger schools and smaller schools usually is the defensive line, and Central's mm-hmm. defensive line is a little light in the rear end, so they shouldn't have been getting in there and stuffing the, the running back like they were last night, so – let me talk this team. out here for you guys. You mentioned uh, Chad said, oh, you know, he's surprised they held him to 24 points. I, I think we, as fans, who seems like we've all followed college football quite, you know, long enough, it seems like we've got to recalibrate our brains for what a good defensive game is because with, with the way offense is and the number of snaps in a game anymore, I actually think if you hold a team under 24 points, 24 and under to me is a good defensive game anymore. It wasn't years especially, ago, but well, I think it is. Especially if you're Central Michigan from the MAC. You know, I'm yeah. talking anybody. I mean, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're freaking Alabama. Most of the teams you're going to play, if they're decent, um, you know, they're they're going to snap the ball 80 times a game, and they're going to just going to score some points just because the sheer number of plays. 
Well, Robert, I, I ain't asking. Part this. of Michigan where you are, are, are uh, is uh-huh. that is that Wolverine territory? Is that Spartan territory? What? Where do they yeah, lean? I'm, I'm smack dab, but like I stay in Mount Pleasant, where Central Michigan is at. So it's really like a mix. There's, it's not. It's. I would say it's probably a little bit more Michigan, just because you know that's the more popular school of the two, anyways. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's fairly balanced. You definitely have your large contingent of Michigan State fans and stuff like that too. So I'm sure that's one grown thing I did over, over the recent years. Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely, yeah. Michigan State fans, I, I tease them about that a little bit. They, they uh, slightly bandwagon. It's because a couple years ago when they missed out on that Sugar Bowl game, like I told them, um, when Michigan got the nod over them, Denard, the near Denard, and them beat Virginia Tech. The reason that they didn't get that nod is because their fan base doesn't travel with their money like Michigan. And whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, business is business. So a bowl is not going to take a team that doesn't spend no money and come to games when another team is going to just hoard people in there and just spend all types of money, and that's just the reality of the situation. They've got better at it, but even last year and a couple of years before, it's like when the weather gets a little cold or it's like a team that they kind of should beat in their mind, they kind of just don't show up for games. Even homecoming last year, I think like half the stadium or like a quarter of the stadium was empty at Michigan State. So wow. Robert, I'm always curious because, you know, like, for instance, if you said to somebody, profile a Yankee and a Mets fan, you know, the Mets fan typically is the guy from Queens, sometimes Brooklyn, uh, you know, more blue collar. The Yankee fans, a lot of them are from, obviously, the Bronx, but Manhattan has a lot of Yankee fans. Yeah. Profile the Michigan versus Michigan State fan for me. Is the Michigan fan the snobby? Yes, I think Michigan's the Yankees, Michigan State's the Mets, right? Yes, yes. Michigan State's fans, like the ones that are rowdy, they're real rowdy. You know, they're more into saying all type of expletives during the game if something goes wrong. <laughs> right. Michigan fans and Notre Dame fans are kind of the same wine and cheese crowd, up mm. these snobby, you know, entitled. Well, they like to say you're a Michigan man. That's their saying there, you know, a Michigan yeah, man. Yeah, and I think that's held them back for a long time, trying to, like, fit this. You know, sometimes times change and people don't want to change with it and you're always seeking to go back to that good old feeling of the past. And they went and tried to do that a few times. I think they got this higher. I know they got this higher, right? The Harbaugh is a great coach. But they went to that to that well too many times in the past and it's kind of like running mm. their program to the ground a little bit. So yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely like, agree. I can't believe – I guess last night proved to me that, like, recruiting rankings and stuff like that, are a little bit – I mean, I felt this way all, all along, but they're kind of a little bit more overrated than I thought because Brady Hope was a getting some bit. good classes in, and I felt the profile of the players that he was recruiting, like big offensive linemen, I thought that was going to make a little bit more seamless transition hard for hardball considering he loves the power run game and things of that nature. But last night they didn't get hardly any push from, like, the little film and stuff that I've seen when I got home. Well, Robert, I'm going to say this quick thing to you before I let you go because we got to jump into a break. Here's the deal with the recruiting rankings. They're ranking 18-year-olds for the most part, unless you're getting kids out of Texas or some kids down here who had trouble with assessment tests and uh, uh, down right. here in the state of Florida. You're ranking 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds are still boys. And when these 18-year-olds right. go to programs that are not in the developing kids, it's you know they end up becoming busts. They just don't get better. And, they're, and by and large, when you step on that field on Saturday, you're playing against 
20-year-olds, 20 and 21-year-olds. So if your 18-year-olds come into your program and they stay 18, they're not going to be able to battle against the 20 and 21-year-olds that they're taking on on Saturday, and then they quickly become a bust. And I think at some of these places when you see, oh, well, they had these great classes, what happened is they're not very good on player development. And a lot of programs are falling into that trap is we're going to get these coaches because they're very good and going into the home and getting this one and that one. Well, that guy that's going in the home and getting kids can't take them from 18 to 20 and 21 years old. And that's a, that's a big problem across everywhere. Man, Robert, it's always great having you on the show. You always give us great insight, man. you got to call more often. Most definitely. It's football season. I sure will, man. You, guys you have, have a nice good weekend, day, buddy. You Thanks, too, Robert. Yep. All right. Robert's a great caller, man, out there in Michigan. Hey, before you go to break, a quick, quick expansion on what you just said. The other thing is with these recruiting rankings, and I truly believe this, when a certain school or schools get on a kid, they up his ranking. So in other words, oh yeah, that's definitely a part of it. Yeah, I sent you an uh, article two weeks ago, and just a quick tidbit. I know you have to go to break. Uh, last year, that the kid who came into USC Town, the quarterback, Alabama had mm-hmm. had recruited him. Okay, mm-hmm. they they flipped him to USC in the the summer before his senior year. He stayed with that commitment and went to USC. He became mm-hmm. a four-star for almost every service, and some even had him as a five. Okay, mm-hmm. USC brings in another kid, Sam Darnold, six foot three, mm-hmm. four kid, great athlete. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a three-star, and that's mm-hmm. what they left him at. He wasn't, you know, this. They go to summer training camp this year. I'm reading article after article about the the practices because I do that. And this this mm-hmm. Darnold lighting it up. Well, Town looks around at the other guys in Darnold and says, "I'm out of here." So that's yeah, look, here's a, here's a tough thing. That three star, by and large, is going to be more motivated most of the time. Um, and that five star kid, if he got it early, if he became a five star early, man, they really do. It's tough for them not to relax and really feel like I got it made. And then now now you're in a battle. It's like it's like running a race. Getting a nice little lead, then you start jogging and someone pulls up on you. Now you got to speed back up again. Tough to do after you've been resting there for a little minute. Well, and I'm not That's talking, a whole other show. Yeah, but I'm not talking about this was not a mental thing from what I read. This was just more physical. The, the kid that was the three-star that supposedly, mm-hmm. you know, people weren't following, he was just physically more gifted. Better athlete, better arm. I mean, Towns, no, no offense, he's down there at Arkansas now. Maybe he'll have a great career. I'm just telling you that I, I see this firsthand with the team I follow, and I'm sure you see mm-hmm. it all the time because you're in the business. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's funny. I mean, yeah, look, I could do I could do a whole show on that thing, but unfortunately, we got to hit this break. When we get back, we're talking NFL football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Please stay tuned. We're going to have our picks in the final segment. We'll be doing that and more when we get back right after this. Reunions. 
It's great for birthday drips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at tshirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, a TGIF edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino just wrapped up talking about college football from the colleges. We are going to head to the pros. Final round of the preseason games went down last night, so it's uh, full steam ahead into the NFL regular season. Uh, what are the big stories coming out of there? Uh, Tim Tebow. Had himself a night last night, albeit against guys that are going to be shell- selling insurance and um, hitting cash registers. Um, what do you make of that? Does he deserve to make this team? I know you haven't been – I don't know how much you've been following the Philadelphia Eagles. I just feel like Tebow's going to make this squad. Oh, I think he's going to make the team. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure he's still – I mean, you know, he still throws some bad balls. <laughs> so, hey, it is yeah. what it is, you know. It is what it is with him. He's not going to be a pretty passer. I think, um, you know, anyone taking him on knows that. I think what they're taking him for is the intangibles and the way that he gets the other ten guys in the team to play and believe, and then also his ability to take the football, tuck it under his arm, and, and run for some yards and run somebody over if he needs to. So uh, I'm a bit of a Tim Tebow fan. i got to admit I wasn't always, but when people started vilifying this guy for uh, things having not necessarily to do with football, um, I became a big fan because we're too quick to glorify all the other stuff, and because this guy is – uh, into God, and, and 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 that's what he wants to do, and will will wear it on his sleeve. Uh, I don't think that's any reason to go against this guy. So, kind not of at all. Side, side rooting for Tim Tebow. No, not at all. I think that that that's actually the, the irony anymore. It's like you know this this, this guy's into God. He he's a problem. If he yeah ran, if he ran into the end zone and slipped into a dress, we 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 we'd lead off a. Oh, we'd, we'd be all over that. He'd yeah, have a special. He'd win an award if he yeah. came to the if he came through the pregame in high heels. We'd be all over that as a society. But God forbid he takes a knee after scoring a touchdown and give thanks and look above. That's a problem. Oh, what is he doing with the with this God stuff? So um, just drives me nuts. Hey, something to to I'm kind of picked up here on the radar. Okay, um, in Cincinnati, you and I talked about. Uh, Andy Dalton a little bit on the show here. You know, our buddy Colin Cowherd's not a big Andy Dalton fan. I gave you some stats on him that I think you weren't aware of. He was 23-17 and 17 in terms of touchdowns and interceptions last year. Um, and there are quite a few people out there that feel he's the missing piece for the Cincinnati Bengals, meaning he's a reason why they can't go any further than where they go. Um, you know who's looked good in the preseason? Good old A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron has uh, has opened a couple of eyes out there in Cincinnati, and I'm not saying he's ready to jump in tomorrow and take over Andy Dalton's spot, but I'm telling you, 
Uh, there are some people paying attention there, and if Andy Dalton can't take that next step, A.J. McCarron might be a guy that could benefit from such a thing. Yeah, they may be hedging over there, just saying, you know, give him a little bit more time and see if McCarron can grow into the job. But if Dalton keeps doing what Dalton does, yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. Yeah, it could be a little Kirk Cousins, RG3 type thing going on there. You know. By the way, I didn't ask you this. I mean, I didn't. I didn't look. I guess it would be pretty easy to find. But you're on top of the stuff. Did, is is RG3 still officially a Redskin? Has he been released yet? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Well. Yeah, officially is still uh, a Washington Redskins, okay. but you know, cut day's coming up here since all of the final games were played. Uh, I don't know the salary cap. Uh, how do you keep him? No, well, the, the, actually, it's curious. What happened with them? His contract option got picked up for his fifth year for mm-hmm. 2016, mm-hmm. but it, it actually makes it easier to cut him because here's the deal: if he's injured during the 2015 season, his 2016 option would automatically be be guaranteed invest. That's the way the contract works. So it's actually beneficial for the Redskins to make that decision before he ever takes a snap for them if they don't want him around next year. Because if he gets so, hurt, they have to pay him next year. So what I'm saying is if they don't trade him, I can't imagine them keeping him on the team for a multitude of reasons, one financial and then the other being – Right now, it just seems like the guys in the team don't believe in him, and neither is the organization. So what's the point of keeping him around? I personally would love to see the guy get out of there. Uh, you and I both have, you know, accurately pointed out that the Washington Redskins organization is a raging dumpster, dumpster fire, and it'd be nice if someone like this could just go on ahead and get himself out of there. Uh, would be quite nice. So, uh, But can they trade the guy? I don't think is, I mean, that, Is that even realistic? If you're if you're a GM and you know what I just said and and they they're more in tune than you or I are ever going to be. Do you think anybody's going to give you anything for something that you can get for free? But doesn't it work like this if you cut the guy then you're in competition with everyone else for him. And yeah, as opposed but, to a trade. I mean right now know. I think most teams are going to view him as a project. It's not like, you know, I've got it's not like I'm going to be in competition here because Joe Montana just got released and he's 30 years old and he's in his prime. I mean, this is a guy that has issues and is going to need to be fixed. So I don't think anybody, you know, it's going to be like one of those where I think you're buying a lottery ticket. So I'm not going to go crazy in the competition anyway. I'm not getting into a bidding war for RG3, even though I like the guy. Um, I guess so. It's, I mean, do you, I mean, you disagree with me. See, I think he's 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 out the door one way or another. He's out the door there. He can't stay there in Washington. I just... I just don't, don't think don't NFL draft picks are throwaways like people seem to say, oh, we'll give him a seventh or a sixth rounder. Listen, there's a lot of guys contributing big time in this league that not only were taken in the sixth or seventh round, they were undrafted free agents. So I'm not just throwing away a sixth round pick saying, oh, yeah, I'll toss you a sixth rounder, give me RG3, because that sixth round pick might be able to help me next year. I'm not so sure RG3 can. Mm. Um, and. and- you might be right, and we've already discussed some of the places we think he should go, could go, uh, that would be best for RG3, and I just I, I don't want to see uh, his tumultuous career continue in Washington. I hope he lands in a great place because he's just too talented uh, to see that go to waste. We've seen that enough in this league, especially. No, I mean, I agree. I like the player. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want him. I mean, I'd love to see him end up in Dallas, but he's still a project. So right. I'm just uh, saying. No doubt. From a business point of view, I'm not giving you much for something that is essentially a lottery ticket. 
Um, can't disagree with you there, my friend. I mean, I think you're, I think you're, I think you're on board with that one. So, um, one, another one of those things where I'll have to say it's going to be interesting to see, uh, how that whole thing unfolds. Uh, preseason football. Let's talk about some of these teams that did really, really well in the preseason. The New York Jets were three and one. What do you make of that? Does that mean like they've gotten their three wins for the year? Uh, it could be because I mean I think like I like I said I think their defense will be salty, but the offense is probably going to put them in some bad positions and over the course of games and weeks and everything else I think that the defense wears down and I just see a long season for the Jets that division looks pretty decent, uh, New England's New England I think the Dolphins will be a, a fairly good team I think the Bills have probably the Bills probably have the best roster they've had since the last of those Super Bowl teams is just they don't have a quarterback that you can be sure of. But, I mean, at all the other positions, the Bills don't have glaring weaknesses. I mean, yeah, their offensive line might not be a bunch of road graders, but it's pretty good. They have some outside, you know, receivers. They've got a running back when McCoy gets healthy. The defense should be good. So, I mean, I'm not sure where the Jets You know what cracks me from. up is, yeah, what cracks me up is when I go on ESPN and they have uh, preseason standings. It's a beautiful thing I get to laugh at. Let's let me just run through this real quick, just for you know entertainment purposes. Uh, the uh, the the number one team in the AFC East is the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, AFC North is the Cincinnati Bengals. Something that could possibly happen. And sure. the AFC South, you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars atop the uh, standings there. Uh, AFC West, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Now I find this interesting. The Oakland Raiders are at the bottom of the heap here. Uh, and if you want to leak into something, perhaps the Raiders are re- they're ready to make a big move in this regular season based on this preseason of going one and three. Something for you to keep your eye on out there, uh, you Raider fans, as you're putting on your eye black and everything else. Uh, the Washington Redskins, the previously mentioned Washington Redskins, are your NFC East preseason champions. Hand them the trophy. Uh, Wait, well, what was their NFC- final record? Time out. I'm not looking at this. Three, what was three and one? Well, they tied the Eagles for the NFC East. Well, there you go, but I'm not even talking to Eagles, man. That Washington Redskins is there in big, bold font type for me. Uh, Can't miss that one, They're the champs huh? of the NFC East. There you go. Minnesota Vikings in the north, we know that's probably not going to happen. And when you talk the NFC South, any one of those four teams really could rise to the top on this thing, and even, even the Tampa Bay Bucks if uh, they somehow get their act together. But Carolina Panthers finished with a 3-1 and record. And then in the NFC West, the team we all expect to take the serious, serious free fall, the San Francisco 49ers, ended up 2-2. Two and two. You know, three teams at 2-2, two and two, but they're listed first for some reason here <laughs> at ESPN. So um, I don't know what you make of all that stuff. I guess I just listed I don't know. all I the mean, teams that won't be winning their division this like year. Like I said, we've covered this in a lot of shows. They like to write articles, and uh, I mean, I guess because they need content at these sites uh, and analyze the preseason far more than than I ever would. I mean, I read one the other day that they, they were guy was going through the. You know, I read a quarter of it, and I just started chuckling and went to another article. He was, he was going through the how well the Eagles' offense played in the preseason. Well, it did, but I mean. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not, not saying you should go out there and try to play poorly. I'm just saying I'm not sure how much you can make of any offense playing well in the preseason, particularly if, one that's that type of offense where you know the way. Man, if you're a fan of any of these teams, you'll take the wins as you can get them for crying out loud. Some of these teams are really, and their fans are really, really suffering. 
for wins. Listen, you weren't on the show with me yesterday when I announced this breaking news, but I'm sure it's something we have to touch on. How could you not? It's what's dominating the NFL right now. Tom Brady, Mr. Teflon Tom. Listen, he walks out of the courtroom yesterday, exquisitely dressed, by the way, with one of the smirks out of you know, one of the greatest smirks you'll ever see on a face as he walked out of that courtroom like I am I am well dressed. I'm going home to my model wife in my big mansion. I'm going to polish off my rings and oh yeah, I just beat this case. I'm playing on Thursday night, y'all. Tom Brady there's, just keeps winning. There's a side of me that if it wasn't him just cuz sometimes he annoys me, I would want to root for him in this case only because the NFL is such a disaster in the way they handle their business anymore. Um mm-hmm. It's nice to see what I'll call the little guy, because when you're facing the NFL versus one individual, you are a little guy, theoretically. Mm-hmm. It's nice to mm-hmm. see the little guy win, even though he's not a little guy, because he's as yeah, big a star. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people is. would struggle with the image of Tom Brady being the little guy. But in essence, you know, I understand what you're saying, because when you're a player in this big... Uh, in this big shell game you got going on here, you are you are a small guy in this. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's not playing Thursday night. He's got a four-game suspension. Should he now appeal? Since it's you know looks like it's a, a it's going to depend. Well, it's going to depend what the suspensions were for. Case in point, if Bell was suspended for a rule that was in place and that he violated, he's going to lose. Where 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 you can have some success against the NFL right now, and this is something that seems Goodell struggles with. As a lawyer, you would think he'd be all about the law. He seems to be a guy that likes to make up rules as he goes along. If the rule wasn't in place, you can win. I mean, right now the the, the news is that um, Hardy and his agents are discussing potentially appealing his four-game suspension. If you remember that case, it was it was he sat out last year, 15 games essentially on the exempt list, uh, got paid, but he didn't get to play, and that that hurt his financially while he got paid last year. It hurt what he got paid this year because he didn't play. So, you know, people say, oh, he didn't lose any money. He lost money because of that. Now, he got ten games this year, and he challenged it and won. He got four. But here's the deal. When he got that suspension, the rule that was in place, as far as I know, was a two-game suspension. That was what they said mm-hmm. the, the punishment was. Mm-hmm. So he's probably sitting there with his advisor saying, listen, the worst I'm going to get is they're going to tell me, go to hell, you're sitting out four games. Why not appeal it and say, listen, the mm-hmm. rule that was in place – when I got in trouble, was two games. So I should get mm-hmm. two games. Right. And it was an all-or-none scenario. We do need to point that out to, to, to the folks who may not have known this. When he went to court to appeal this, the decision was going to be, you're going to get the four games or it's nothing. And, um, you know, and to your point, the rule that stood were two games. So you would no, think... No, I'm talking about you, in Hardy's appeal. So, I mean, he's... I think certain guys are going to look and say... Each case is different. I mean, in other words, if you violate the substance abuse policy and the rule at the time when you did it was four games, then you're probably not going to win your appeal unless you can show that your sample wasn't, you know, you get in all that legal stuff, was the sample handled properly mm-hmm. and all that crap. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, assuming that wasn't the case, you're probably not going to win. But if you have a case where, you know, Goodell just all of a sudden made up a rule for you because he wanted to look good in the public, uh, mm-hmm. you, you might win. Yeah, and uh, case point, you did. So um, I, I think Le'Veon Bell is a substance abuse thing, if I'm not correct. I not think so. I think, wasn't he a weed guy? Uh, yeah, him and his buddy LeGarrette Blount. Yeah. I love that name with a, with a weed <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> It is kind of ironic. 
man, Legarrette walked out of this thing with a ring. Le'Veon got, you know, went home early, and now he's got to sit out four games. Just seems like he got a really, really bum deal. So uh, Pittsburgh will miss him. He is a big part of what they do. Nevertheless, Tom Brady versus Ben Roethlisberger. If you're an NFL fan, um, you got to be happy about seeing that. It's a good opener night when they kick this thing. Got to like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. By the way, I right, expect this- Brady uh, to. Uh, for some reason, I just have a feeling because it's Brady, he's going to rip the manure hole next week just because he seems like one of those guys that just thrives off the the fact that people are saying he's a cheater and, you know, it's like he's going to want to show them, well, the ball's inflated properly now. Well, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, does this also make the teams that they go against come at them hard? It's too bad Harrison's not, you know, running around, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, Harrison you know, would be talking all kinds of crap this week. That would be interesting TV. Yeah, definitely. So, But, man, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what Tom Brady's able to do. You know, does he come into the game with a smirk on his face and, you know, hang 30-something points on the Pittsburgh Steelers and walk out of there with a, with a win? We'll have to see. Well, listen, this is the part of uh, the show we've all been waiting for, our listeners have all been waiting for. It's time to get down and dirty and kick off. A new year of our uh, host pick challenge. How about that? Uh, you got any numbers for us? Because you're the accounting guy. How how'd this I go do down last year? I do have our uh, our numbers from last year. Uh, last year was an interesting season for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see here. I uh, in in college, you you were a little bit over 500. You went uh, mm-hmm. the 30 and 27. You had, you had three pushes in there, and I I went. I was over 500. I was 27 and 26. I had two pushes. So uh, mm-hmm. that was that. In the pros, though, uh, last year was my uh, was my big year. I, I I really, if you remember, I was on it in the pros. You were the man. I was 37 wins, uh, 21 losses, and a couple pushes. And uh, you were under 500 in the pros. You were like six games under. Can't beat so that. Last year, what was my uh, record? Throw it throw it out there. Your record was, uh, you really want your record in the pros. Throw it out there for the fans at home. I'd like to know. Oh, wait, I, I read I this backwards. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In the pros, yeah. okay, you in the pros, excuse me, were 30, 27, and 3. And in college, you were 27, 26, and 2. So you were over 500 in both. In the pros, I was great. I was under 500 in college. I was 23 and 30 last year. I had the spreadsheet back. Yeah, you and your you accountants and your spreadsheets. What was I in the NFL? I missed a solid and consistent. Go ahead. In the NFL? There. What was I? Yeah. Thirty twenty-seven with three pushes. There you go, man. Look, I'm I'm winning. I'm winning all around. Okay, I don't play around, buddy. Yeah, you know. Man. Well, listen, you're consistent. There's no doubt about it. You were very consistent last year. Impressive, well, just prepare. Just say. prepare to get your head blown off this year. That's just 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 what's going to happen here <laughs> to you, and it starts. Right now, my friend. All right, so well, we're going to do this. You're going to give your three. I'm going to give my three, or what do you want to do? One for well, one. I how do you, how least... do you want this beating served? You let me know. Let's fly Let's fly down the board a little bit. And as we go down the board, we can talk about a game briefly, you know, our thoughts. If we have a pick, just save it. Say, I got a pick on that game, you know, like we used to always do. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, Is that fair enough? We're starting off. Here's what we got tonight, okay? Uh, According to the board, Colorado and Hawaii already happened today. What happened to Colorado started yesterday, happened, and finished today. (laughs) Two-day nightmare as they got beat by uh, Hawaii 28-20. to 
Uh, Baylor and SMU, man. We talked about this. Baylor's a 36.5-point favorite. I'm sure the plan in Waco is to go for 70. Because uh, that's what I would they think do so, out there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a pick on this contest. I feel confident I can't make Baylor a pick on that contest because, I mean, if I was going to play that game, I would probably, like I said in the earlier segment, take Baylor just because they like to somehow hang 70 on teams in these spots. But uh, it's not a game I'd really be interested in. And, you know, it's just a weird number. I mean, who knows? SMU goes out and scores 21 points, and not, now, you're, now you need 60 to cover. Yeah, well, all right. So no need to talk anymore about no. this. That dried-up game, neither one of us picking it. Michigan State and Western Michigan, two kids that uh, were part of university school when I was there uh, playing in this game. Garrett Kings for Michigan State, Dave, Daniel Braverman for Western Michigan. 17.5-point favorite Michigan State at Western Michigan. I don't have a pick on this game. Do you? I almost made this a pick, but I didn't. I would take Michigan State in this game. I have a feeling they're. I just have a feeling they're gonna have a big year. Uh, they have a veteran quarterback. This just seems like a game where maybe it'll be tight for a while, but they pull away late, win it by three touchdowns. But again, the number seems to be right around where it should be, so I'm not gonna make a pick on a game like that. Tight number. Gotcha. Kent State and Illinois at nine o'clock. I'm jumping in. I've got a pick on this one. So, um, just full disclosure, I'm giving you that. You got a pick on that? I actually have a pick on Kent State, Illinois. How about wow. that? Wow. Because I'm that kind of guy. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't have anything to say about it. I'll just listen to your pick. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> that awkward silence just yeah. jumped in there on us. Washington and Boise State. I don't have a pick here, but you know what? I'm that guy that would lean to Boise State in this one for some crazy reason. Well, Washington's quarterback's a, out, so I would probably lean to Boise State in this spot, too. Yeah, you know Peterson coming back to town, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like. Uh, I, have, I have a feeling this is going to be a good homecoming for him. I mean, I'll be rooting yeah. for the Pac-12 team, but I have a feeling it's not going to work out well for them. There you go, Penn State and Temple. Uh, that big showdown. Can't wait for that. I one. I got a huh? pick on it. Do you? Wait, whoa, whoa! You, you got to pick on Penn State Temple, and then well, we have to go through awkward silence because I'm picking Kent State and Illinois. Good grief. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Virginia and UCLA. UCLA is a 19-and-a-half. UCLA, by the way, for those getting thrown off by that. UCLA is opening at home with a brand-spanking new corsage still on his chest, wet-behind-the-ears quarterback Josh Rosen. Um, Let's hear your thoughts and a half on this one rate. because for some reason my picks are clustered here. I've got to pick on this game and the next game on the, if you're going down a rotation. So uh, you know, I'm a little leery of laying 19 and a half with a you know a high school grad at quarterback. I'm just saying. And Virginia seems to want to play uh, games like this with um, you know with a lot of intensity and 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 surprise they like to they you know Virginia gets up for the really big opponents that they've got no chance being in a game with and in the regular games they just get slapped in the face on but uh for some reason I feel like Virginia can hang here and stay inside this number as the, well, as the freshman makes a couple of we mistakes see what I say my guy Stanford and Northwestern uh one of our West, famed well, callers less this game less less he has, did and uh, you know what I'm I I don't know that he's off on that one you know this is a tough this is a tough road game opening up the season on the road um on a friday night kind of off of the routine against the northwestern and you know northwestern's another one of those teams that could jump up against the big boys and can't focus against the others perhaps they do keep this thing close um i like them here you know stanford's not a 
uh, one of those calculator teams where they could just put up a bunch of points. So they kind of play things close to the vest. So I'm going to uh, – Well, I'll tell you what, I'd take either one of them if I was in a trivia contest, that's for sure. But I have a pick on the game, so uh, I'll get to that one. They, yeah. I think you're out of picks, right? That's it for you? I'm out of you're picks, done? so now I can talk about the rest of them. So well, There you go. Louisville and Auburn. Uh, I have a pick on that one, so I'm going to zip my zip my uh, trap on that one. Wait. You know, Auburn's getting a ton of love, but until I see their defense actually stop people, I'm not laying ten and a half against the capable team. So, um, if you know, if you force my hand here, and uh, I could see picking this game and taking ten and a half points. I like double digits with Louisville in this game. So that would be my that would be I'd be going. Well, we'll see where I'm going with that one. Arizona State and Texas A&M. I think this line is perfect, beautiful. Uh, whether it was a computer or some sharp that did it, I think this is excellent at three because uh, it's probably that going to be that kind of game. Last guy with the ball wins. You know, watch this Here's where I would go with this game, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but at the over-under of 70, if I was sitting there and I said I have to play this game because I'm going to be watching it, one of those type of deals, I would go over 70 in this game. I just think this is going to be like a pinball game. Um, yeah, I just don't see a lot of stops in this game. Uh, probably lean, if I had a lean to take in the points, just because you're getting points. But again, on the road, it's essentially a road game. They're playing mm. it in Houston. So I'm mm. not real keen on taking Arizona State uh, on the road here. So I would Yeah, I don't know which over. way to lean. You know what? I might have agreed with you on that whole total thing, but just Oklahoma State's game last night and TCU's game last night and North Carolina's game last night, three teams that really had a whole lot of offense last year, kind of makes me feel like, I don't know, maybe offense won't be what it has been the last two or three years this season in college football. Here's the beauty of these two teams. They only play defense with eight guys. They think they're in the middle of Kansas (laughs) playing eight-man high school football. Yeah, I look. I just have a little feeling down my spine there about about point totals this year, and we'll, you know we'll see. We'll you know let's yeah, just get through this I first year. I don't I don't have a uh, BYU Nebraska. I've got a pick on this one. Uh, we'll see if I agree with our our call or less or not on that one. Well, uh, if, do you, if you don't, then you're going to be outvoted two to one because this would be one where I'd be grabbing the six and a half points. Uh, BYU is a well coached team. Nebraska shuffled a, a, a lot of players that are playing on Sundays out of that program after last season. Uh, you know, Amir Abdullah, Randy Gregory. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of talent to lose and then be, be basically a touchdown uh, favorite in your opener, albeit at home against a capable opponent. Mm-hmm. I, I would take the point. So I'll be curious to see where you're going with that. Well, we'll see if you're right or wrong based on what I say later on. How about that? Okay. Okay, yeah, that's fair that. enough. You tell me how I'm doing. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, Texas and Notre Dame. I almost made this one a pick, and in doing so, I would have been in favor of Notre Dame, believe it or not. As much as I love Charlie Strong and love what he's doing at Texas, I don't know if this is the kind of game they need to open up with here. Uh, I think Notre Dame's going to be a good team this year, um, and and um, they're probably better ready at uh, in an opener for a game like this than, than say, at Texas. Um, well, I, I love like I love I'm not in love with like it, but, this, but I, I could not pull the trigger on Texas plus nine because I'm just not sure what I'm getting offensively from Texas. I mm-hmm. think their defense, as long as the offense doesn't put them in horrible positions, will slow Notre Dame down. I think they have enough athletes and a good enough scheme with Strong leading the way there that they'll play some good defense here. But I'm just terrified of some of the positions that offense could put them in. 
And until mm. I see Texas show me that they've straightened their offense out a little bit and it looks like a major college offense, I'm not willing to, to take points in this spot. So I'm with you. Yeah, I'll probably lean the, in the, towards the gold helmets here. And uh, the other big matchup of the weekend, Wisconsin and Alabama. I was struggling with this one. It's uh, you know not a pick for me. But uh, 12 points. I think that's a I think that's a really really good line to be honest with you. Alabama brand new quarterback, so that scares me a little bit. Uh Wisconsin no more Melvin Gordon, but Clements a pretty good running back. Um is this the kind of game that plays in Alabama's hands? It's not going to be a hurry up type deal. I don't know. I was all Yeah, I see I, I where I would go with this is your first inclination is you see that line, you say double digits, Wisconsin, good program, let me take them. But here's where I'm scared. Wisconsin is not good at what Alabama struggles with. I mean, mm. Alabama usually struggles with teams that can make them play more in space, um, mm-hmm. take away some of their physical strength. Because I think that's, you know, a different topic, but you, you've touched on this. I think the reason a lot of Alabama guys struggle when they get to the NFL is when they leave Alabama, they're basically as good as they're going to get. Um, there's not much ceiling left. So I think basically you're playing this big, physical, NFL-looking team, and that's kind of what Wisconsin wants to do. So to me, this is a grinded-out game where I think Alabama scores late to get over that number. If I was playing it, I would lay the 12. Yeah, I, I, like, again, I think it's a very good number. It is 12, 28, 14, Alabama. Just enough to piss you off if you're a Wisconsin guy. Uh, just enough to be totally relieved at the end when Alabama covers the number. So I'd lean ever so slightly in that one. So um, I almost uh, made a pick on my my team's uh, game, but I, I refrained. I was, you know, was gonna... yeah. Let's talk about your team's game because you know they schedule real strong out there in the Pac-12, and here USC is taking on this powerhouse in Arkansas State. I mean, this has got to be like a really big game. I see them packing a the house because Arkansas State is a serious power in the in the, in the no, game of college not. football. They're, this we is know they're leaning the towards. Belt. All of the strong games that they play in the Pac-12 is am I on but the right? But it's hard to sl- listen. It's hard to slam USC because every year, regardless, they're going to play Notre Dame, and most years they're playing multiple teams from Power Five conferences. I mean, oh, last year they played Boston College. Oh, you know that didn't College. fly. That didn't fly with some of the other guys you attacked, like the SEC. Um, but who's the SEC play on the road? They never They've got leave. enough going on. They've got enough going on in their conference. Oh, leave, is man. that what they do in their whole okay. eight games that they play in the SEC? That's you're, you're a damn skip. So you're yeah, like, you need a break. I mean, Kentucky this is, and this Vanderbilt. Is like, and... Listen, man, this is like uh, the guys in the Ivy League studying for their exams versus the guys at uh, you know one of the other schools. I don't want to put anyone out there. Yeah, uh, Florida State, where you uh, don't necessarily have anything very strong going on academically there. I well, I don't want to listen. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to open up an <laughs> argument here. All I'm telling you is, I almost made this a pick. I was when it was 29. I was very, very inclined to take Arkansas State, and I'll tell you why. They like to mm. score points. The back door should be open very wide in this game, and I see USC, if they can get any kind of lead early, trying to start bringing in you know, the Max Brown-type kids, the quarterback, the backup, get him some experience. Um, you know, I just see one of these games where you know, Arkansas State goes out, they score 24. You need USC to score in the mid-50s for them to, to cover that game. So okay. I, I would be... All right. 
I'd be inclined to a, take Arkansas State here, but I, but I won't because the line dropped under four touchdowns to 27 and a half. So. No, look at you trying to sound like a sharp. Okay, I'll keep a lazy, stray glass eye on that Arkansas, okay. you, yeah. uh, Arkansas State yeah, USC matchup. Yeah, keep your glass eye right. on it. Yeah, I will. So let's keep let's let's get into the nitty gritty here. How about some music this year for our picks? We'll throw this on. Yeah, a little get boosted. But all right, in we'll play that in the background as you tell us who's going to win these games on okay. uh, on Saturday. So go it's Friday and Saturday. You've let's, got the whole board to work. That's all Saturday for me. Okay. Go ahead, my friend. We'll we'll start here with the Temple Penn State game. Uh, not a lot of interest here uh, for anybody outside. I would say of the state of Pennsylvania, but. I like this spot. Temple, supposedly, and from what I've read and seen and looked at the roster, they they got some kids coming back, um, and they've improved the level of play mm-hmm. at Temple. I mean, I mean, I'm not being sarcastic here. Temple has gotten. I'm better. trying not to laugh, but try not to laugh. They've gotten better. Okay. Mm. Uh, Penn State seems to be getting some love and attention, but th- I'm not so sure that that they're ready to go and just be a, a touchdown favorite against a decent team? I'm really not. Mm. Um, mm. Last year they played Temple, and if you recall the game, uh, or a couple of years ago they played them and struggled with, with Penn State. Last year they played them, it was 30-13, to 13, but Penn State scored late in that game to, to open it up. Uh, they got 10 in the fourth quarter. It was a 20-13 to 13 game, and that was at Penn State. I like Temple at home getting a full touchdown here. I think this is going to be a close game, and uh, I'm not buying into the uh, the Hackenberg for Heisman hype that uh, is coming out of State College these days. Well, bless your heart. You're going to open up your season with a Temple pick. All right, what else you got? Bless my heart. That's the way they call me stupid in the South, so thank you. <laughs> but you're up north, so that doesn't count. It doesn't count. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next is a game that our friend and caller less touched on the Stanford mm. Northwestern mm. game and you mm. probably figure that me being the Pac-12 homer would be all over Stanford but not the case here uh, no but you're not a Stanford lover I've noticed over the years like well you haven't been really big on those guys I would rather them win the game I just don't want them to cover because I think Northwestern getting 12 points at home is a good play here I mean you got a Big Ten team a team that traditionally wins some games they're not supposed to win especially at home Playing a Stanford team that's kind of getting a little bit of hype uh, as a possible dark horse in the Pac-12 North. Uh, Hogan's back at quarterback, but you hit a, you hit a good point. Stanford just doesn't play that pinball style football. So if they're not going to get some turnovers and some help from Northwestern, I just don't see them scoring 38 or 35 points in this game. Yeah, they're close to the vest type team. Yeah, this game just reeks of something where, you know, Stanford wins the game like 24-17 or something like that. So, for me, and I could see Northwestern even springing the upset, but for me, 12 points at home is just too good to pass up in in an opener. I'll take Northwestern plus the 12. All righty. And then finally, uh, you you hit you hit the nail on the head for for me in this one. I'm taking Virginia plus the 19 and a half against UCLA. UCLA returns something like 17, 18 of their 24 when you count the specialists. The problem is they mm-hmm. don't return the quarterback. And as good as Rosen right. is, and he'll probably have a great career, this is not an easy game for a freshman. You know, even though no. they're home. You're playing an ACC team with athletes. I mean, Virginia does put guys in the NFL. Um, you know, they're not some cupcake that you're going to come in and roll. They played UCLA. They had them beat last year at home uh, and then just took a 21-3 lead and somehow lost the game. I think Stanford mm-hmm. 
can cover 19 and a half, no problem here. I really, I mean Stanford, Virginia. I really do. I like the points. UCLA's got some some issues this week with uh, Adams, and we didn't even touch on him. The, the kid that decided to rob the Uber driver. He was uh, all Pac-12 last year, so they've got some issues that they have to deal with. He's their primary punt and kick returner. Uh, none of that bodes well for covering a three touchdown. What amounts to a three touchdown line? So I'll take Virginia plus 19 and a half points here. All right, there it is. A quick recap: Temple plus seven, Northwestern plus 12, and Virginia plus 19 and a half for my man Emil Calamino. All right, I'm going to jump into my picks here. Uh, starting off tonight, Illinois is taking on Kent State. Listen, the general consensus is going to be, man, Illinois is a mess. They just lost their head coach. How are they ever going to be able to come into this thing with their mind right? I'm going to go the opposite way with this thing. They're facing a Kent State team that was dreadful last year and has not been a very good football program for a little bit of a time now. Kent State was 2-9 and nine last year. They averaged 16 points a game. Uh, that's a college football team, all right, in this day and age, averaging 16 yeah, points hard. a game. It's a team that's not – it's a program that's not very good – and by losing your head coach, I think you come into this thing not taking anything for granted. You're a little bit more aware. And then you know what? When you bring in an interim coach, right off the bat, things are done a little differently. So everyone's jazzed up. There's a nice little bit of energy there. And if you can get jazzed up for Kent State, you got a pretty good chance of beating the snot out of them. So I think Illinois is going to uh, get that done here in this one. So I like them as a 14-point favorite in this contest. Louisville and Auburn, if you listen to me on my preseason predictions, uh, I think you know which way I'm going with this one. I expect big things out of Louisville this year. In fact, I expect them to win their half of the uh, ACC. So I like them to do big things. That's number one. Number two is uh, everyone's all over Auburn, and the biggest reason is that we're pairing Will Muschamp, who's a, a great defensive mind, with Gus Malzahn, who's got all the offensive flavor you could ever want, and that things are just going to click right away. It's not, people. I just don't think that's how this works. Will Muschamp going to have to you know really get used to coaching defense when you're seeing 20 more plays at least per game there's going to be an adjustment there and Auburn uh, also has you know they don't have the talent on that defensive side of the ball that they need yet they still need to get some of their type guys in there that's going to be an adjustment I think Louisville is coming into this thing a little bit more primed and ready uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we got the straight-up upset here. And since I'm liking that, 10.5 points is gold for me. So yeah. Yeah, I, with I that, I'm going to jump with Louis. Yeah, I'm going to jump with Louisville in this big matchup, a game I'm definitely going to be very, very interested in watching. And then finally, uh, less touched on this game, it's BYU and Nebraska. Uh, I'm all over BYU in this one. BYU gets their quarterback back, um, and and he's a, a he's he's a big time player. Yes, he did have a serious injury last year. Coming back from it, I expect him to be full go. But BYU is just that team. They're not an easy team to beat. Nebraska's coming into this thing. No more Amir Abdullah to do something really great for them uh, in a tough spot. This is a brand-new coach, albeit they're opening up at home. It is a brand-new coach, and this is a tough team to take on when you're going through a a new routine here. So I like BYU being a little bit more primed and ready um, to to come into this game and open up the season rather than a Nebraska. I think this is going to be a serious back-and-forth dogfight, and BYU's tough as nails, man. Those Mormons, you can't just take all these Mormons. I'm with you. I mean, you you heard. I mean, I kind of had a feeling you'd go that way, but, I mean, I just don't see, you know, Nebraska's getting respect because of the name and the home field, but to me, that Mm -hmm. line is really inflated based on what's coming back to each program this year. 
Yeah, I'm jumping on the Mormons in this one. So to recap, Illinois tonight with uh, with a sub-head coach, I like them to uh, have their act together. Louisville, 10.5-point underdog. I'm going with them. And then I'm riding with the Mormons, 6.5, against Nebraska. So that's that, my friend. Our first college football picks of the 2015 season are in. And most of them are underdogs. We are not chalky here. No, we're not. And, you know, those lines get inflated early on. You know, give us kudos for finding the inflated lines because, you know, I just know we're coming away with a winning week here. At least I know I am. I don't know what you're going to Oh, boy, with, he's throwing down the gauntlet with me. That's that's how it is, a little trash talk to kick off the season here. But, um, man, I still have not gotten that weekend music. You know what? I'm not I'm not going to play this at the end. Let's get something a little, little happier here. I don't, I'm just going to run through the line here. There we go. How's that? That's a little more... Yeah, that's a little bit better. I mean, that other thing made me feel, like, sad. Yeah, by the way, you know, we'll talk offline on this. Couldn't find that song, so we'll have to find another one. Nevertheless, folks, we've come to the end of another great week here, another great show. It's college football. I'm happy. Amos happy. I know you're happy, and we'd like to thank you for coming on and listening to us, and we're all being happy together. I want you guys to enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. For Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the college football. Be safe, and we'll see you guys back here on Monday on the Gridiron Stud Show. man how many offers do you have well i got about 10 miami florida florida state auburn usc and more how many you got none yet none (laughs) is this you are you sitting there with no offers whatsoever are you a good football player then head over to gridironstuds.com right now at gridiron studs you can create your own profile for free and post your highlight video College football coaches are visiting gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for prospects. But they won't find you if you're not there. Don't keep your talents on the field a secret. Put up your free profile right now on gridironstuds.com and get college football coaches' eyes on you. Visit us now at gridironstuds.com or follow us on Twitter at gridironstuds. Gridironstuds.com. Make yourself be seen.